0: Hey, how's it going? My name is Stephen Marks, and welcome to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. My purpose with all of these teachings is to equip you with the Word of God and help you understand your authority, your power, your victory, and mission as a believer in Jesus Christ. So you go from glory to glory and victory to victory by the power of Holy Spirit who lives in you. So enjoy, God bless, and let's get our generation saved. Good morning and welcome to episode 11 to Walking in the Authority and Power of Jesus. We've got to, I think, yeah, episode 11. So 10 underway. Go back, listen to them all, make sure you really understand and grasp them because they build on one another 100%. Um, But yeah, this has been an amazing, amazing series to go through and I'm super excited. The heat's still on, so let's get going. This morning, the line that we're going for is stop separating yourself from The Spirit of God. A lot of ministers, a lot of people in the ministry struggle with regard to their authority as a believer, what they can actually walk in, Um, are oh, the devils beating up on me, you know, that kind of thing, simply because they keep separating themselves from Jesus. They keep thinking, okay, God's over there and I'm over here. They're not willing to see themselves as one in Christ. And that's a, it's like, oh, that's a nice thing to say. But the reality is, That is true. You are one in Christ and you have to see yourself that way and operate that way, be respected that way, respect other people that way in order for there to actually be an authority, a weight behind every single thing that you do. When you see yourself as one in Christ, you do everything to the standard that Christ would do it. Plus, you treat everyone as if they are Christ because it's no longer them who live, it's Christ who lives in them, right? So open your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. And this is what it says. It says, he made him to be sin, okay, even though he knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, right? He became sin on the cross, even though Jesus didn't do any sin or didn't know any sin. So that in him, in other words, when you are a Christian, when you are a believer in Jesus, you might become the righteousness of God. So you are not a dirty, rotten sinner. You're not pathetic. You're not trying to figure anything out. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, right? Second, first uh, Corinthians two, verse 16 says, but you have the mind of Christ. Who's you? Believers. Believers. They have the mind of Christ. Romans 8.11 literally says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you or through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 9 says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Because of righteousness. There you go. So you don't need to separate yourself from the spirit of God anymore. So when people say, "How many of you know we sin? How many of you know that you know we just really are? Uh, we're we're naturally designed to just doubt God?" No. Speak for yourself. It says, "I no longer live." So, uh, Galatians two verse nineteen to twenty literally says, "I'm dead, and Christ is alive." So. I don't doubt Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I believe every flipping word of the Bible. That's what sets me apart. That's why I'm going places and you're not. In fact, everything that you have said is literally causing a hindrance to the kingdom of God. And now you don't have to beat the other people up. You just know your line, where you're going. You stick to the faith that you've received from the word of God. You don't worry about what some Tom, Dick or Harry is saying. You just leave them alone. And get on your way and when they ask how do you do that you see i believe the word of god is the final authority in my life i believe i am not separated from what christ bought 2000 years ago i no longer live it's christ who lives in me therefore he will be exalted and glorified in absolutely every area of my life does that make sense praise god so then think about this if you're now in christ you are the righteousness of god in romans 6 this is what it says. Verse 14. Sin will no longer have dominion over you. Sin will no longer have dominion over you. That's deep. That's very deep. Right? You think about it. You now have dominion over sin. You are seated in Christ. You are the righteousness of God. You're not in a battle against sin. You're not in a battle against the devil. You're not in a battle against any issue in your life, you already have the victory 2,000 years ago. It says we overcame the world and our victory is our faith in 1 John 5 verse 1 to 5. Glory be to God. We're in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We have the victory in Christ. We don't fight for it. We fight from the victory in Christ. All you have to do is boast on the things of God. Say, it is written. Because Jesus, in his weak state, after 40 days of fasting, all he had to do is say, it is written, it is written, it is written. Devil, get out of here. In other words, if you can find three things... That back your line up in scripture, you can demand the devil to flee. You tell him to flee. You don't ask God. You say, in the name of Jesus, get out, devil. You have no place. The word of God says this, 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 and this about my problem. Therefore, I stand on the word of God way before I'm swayed by my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Right? Because it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you right and the life that you now live in the flesh in the body you live in faith of the son of man who gave himself up for you who loved you so much and gave himself up for you right first corinthians 9 verse uh no first corinthians let's do 6 first corinthians Chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? So we have the Holy Spirit in us from Father. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. It wasn't a weak, little, cheap price that bought you. It was the blood of Jesus. Perfect, spotless, blood of the Lamb. That's what bought you. And now, when ministers separate themselves From that price, they cheapen the blood of Jesus. It's not a little thing. It's so powerful that faith in the name of Jesus can make a lame person walk. Go read Acts 3, right? It's so powerful that all you have to say is, I renounce the devil in my life. In the name of Jesus, I step into freedom now. Thank you, Lord. That's all it takes. Speaking it into existence. You might say, oh, well, that doesn't sound very real. Let me tell you, it's so real. That's all it takes. That's the power of God. That by your words, you step into salvation. By your words, people can fall back under the power of God. By your words. When when they came to arrest Jesus, they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I am he. And the Roman gods who didn't even believe in him fell back as though dead. Simply because he said, I am he. And the authority that was behind it was the living God. So in the same way, now more than ever, you are in Christ. You are one in Christ. Do not separate yourself from that. Doesn't mean you be arrogant about who you are. It means you boast like crazy in Christ, not in yourself, in Christ. God will heal you today. God cares for you. God loves you. God is do, has got only plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God is here to build you up, to establish you, to restore you, to take you from glory to glory and victory to victory. That's the God we serve. He's here to establish his kingdom. His kingdom's going no matter what, because when he speaks something, his word never comes back void. It accomplishes Everything that it was sent out to do. And when it says his word was sent out to deliver us and heal us in Psalm 107 verse 20. It means he's going to deliver you and he's going to heal you. So today you can receive your healing. You can receive your miracle today. That's the difference between preaching like someone who's weak and useless. And someone who knows the power of their God. Someone who knows the blood of Jesus covers them. Someone who knows there's no way I could do this on my own. The only way I'm doing this. Is by the power of God who lives in me. And when you speak like that, when you speak the word of God, it says in, in Mark 16, 20, that God will come alongside you to confirm the message with signs, wonders, and miracles. The same signs of a believer mentioned in Mark 16, 17 to 18, Right? And what does that mean? It means everyone who sees that, everyone who hears that is going to have their faith based in the power of God and not the wisdom of man, which is exactly what leads to Christians not being backslidden Christians, which means the people that are going to be saved on account of you speaking and on account of the Lord confirming the message are going to be some of the most on fire, sure, genuinely faithful Christians this world has ever seen. That's what it means. So good. Hallelujah. The other thing with separating yourself from the Spirit of God, not only from just seeing yourself that way, is you don't fall, like your default is not to ask the Lord in times of need, right? He didn't say there's going to be no trials. He didn't say that there weren't going to be things that come against you. He didn't say that enemies wouldn't come. He said they will, but they're going to flee in seven directions. He said you've already got the victory so you can have peace when these things come. He said rejoice because it's a time of testing and it's going to produce steadfastness. So there's reason, there's rhyme to the reason, right? Totally. So now, if you separate yourself from the Spirit of God, if he's not dwelling inside of you, why the heck would you consult him for anything? Because John 14, 26 says he's going to bring remembrance, everything that Jesus spoke about. John says that the Spirit of truth is going to come and he's going to dwell with you and be in you. John 16, verse 13 says the Spirit of truth is going to come and he's going to guide you into all the things that are to come. First John 2:27 says, "The spirit will teach you everything, and you don't even need someone to teach you." In fact, first John uh, two verse 20 already says, "You have all knowledge because of the spirit." So the spirit of God is the key. I think it's 1 Corinthians two, like six to 16, talk all about the wisdom of the spirit of God. And so, if you've separated yourself from the Spirit of God, you're never going to be walking in the wisdom of God. you're never going to be able to discern the good, perfect, pleasing will of God that Romans twelve verse one and two call us to pursue that's just the reality it's sad, it sucks, but it's the truth. There are so many people who've so um what it was it called substituted they've substituted substituted the power, the presence, the anointing of God for the wisdom of man. Simply by getting a degree, simply by going to seminary and getting a certain qualification. Oh, I can now preach qualified. You know, I can marry and bury you. Oh, very nice. That sounds great. And I totally understand. We need to have a level. We need to have a a certain accountability. Yes, but don't substitute that for the power and presence of God. If it's in the word of God, you need to be walking in it. You need to be walking in it. You need to be pressing people to reach for more. There is always more of God. The power and presence of God is so real. You haven't hit the top just because you can marry and bury people. That's not the requirement. The requirement is the power of God converting people. When people encounter a miracle... They pursue Jesus with everything in them. It's what sets them apart. That's how 3,000 people came to know the Lord on the day of Pentecost not because Peter had been studying his bible so much and now he knew what to say he got up and he said this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel i will pour out my spirit on all flesh next thing you know people are hearing tongues people are prophesying the spirit of god's descending people are getting healed demons are coming out it is the power of god in action and he's not wimpy about it he's standing by it. he's saying listen up pay attention this is real when is he doing this in a time where jerusalem is subject to rome they've got people outside the city busy being crucified because they've gone against the things of rome and they're standing up preaching the truth of god the power and presence of jesus in full flow it's not a popular message it's the truth. And people are being set free. And the Pharisees are not happy about it. But because they know Jesus Christ lives on the inside. There's no fear. Absolutely no fear. Because they know. 1 John 4.17 says there's no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. So that on the day of judgment we'll have confidence. Because as he is. As Christ is. So also are we in this world. Meaning. I'm seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places, in Christ, right now. And if you don't believe me, listen to this. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 13 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. In other words, if you aren't abundantly aware of the fact that Jesus Christ dwells on the inside of you. How would you even know? How would you guarantee that? Because the same ministry that Jesus had is active in your life. That's when you know. And when you examine that, when you test that, and you see that, praise God. You're walking in the fire of God. You're walking in the will and way of the Lord, which is fantastic. But if you realize you're not, you're coming very, very, very close to the line. And I'm not saying the requirement is signs, wonders, and miracles, because the Bible says people are going to prophesy in Jesus' name. They're going to cast out demons and they're going to get turned away. And the Lord's going to say, I never knew you. So that's not the requirement. The Lord knows who is his. Absolutely. But I am saying, that the result of a true, genuine conversion, a true realization of the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you is signs, wonders, and miracles. Not by you, but by the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. Because His Word says, when you preach the Word, these signs the Lord will bring alongside. He will make them come to pass to confirm the message preached by you. Hallelujah. So, God bless. I'm, I, I got fired up for that one. I pray you had an amazing uh, time there, enjoying that. I know I did. I feel so full. Yeah, let me just pray for you. Father, I pray for every single person who listens to this podcast. In the mighty name of Jesus, let them be filled with the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray for a holy boldness to come upon them right now. In Jesus' name, let them be built up in faith. Let the fire of God start in their heart. And burn for the rest of their life. In Jesus name. Give them eyes to see Jesus on the inside of them. Let them walk in the ministry of Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.